Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Morning Show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Happy new month, the 1st of March, and in like a lamb, so it'll probably go out like a lion, 36 degrees now, wind chill 30, and it should be a decent day, high of 45, and mostly clouds. It's also a Fat Tuesday. Yeah, it's weird. It's already March. Um, can't believe it. Spring is upon us. Uh, Fat Tuesday. Did you get any punch keys this morning? No. <laughs> Me neither. And you know why? They don't exist. They don't exist anymore in Jackson. Um, I bet someone's made some. Well, you know what? The problem with the punch key, first of all, um, it's um, by definition, it's uh, filled with pork fat, fried in lard. Mm. Um, it's it's delicious. Here's some punch keys from the European bakery. Oh, what ten, I would give. Yes, 10 years ago, uh, I took this picture when John McCann dropped by and presented me with the punch key Lifetime Achievement Award, which was a box of punch keys. I, for life. For, for life. life, yes. But they closed. They closed. And not only that, um, another place where people get uh, punch keys, um, Hinkley's, they've been closed. They are, they're on vacation and they're not opening till tomorrow, and they're not gonna be making punch keys on Ash Wednesday, I can tell you that. No, I was talking to some uh, stores that carry Hinkley's, and uh, they were scrambling trying to find some, mm -hmm. someone else to make uh, punch keys, and you know they're not being made at St. Joe's again this year, so that was, uh, that's another factor. So if anyone yeah. has one, bring them by. The uh, St. Joe's punch key people are up in arms because they're locked out of the uh, St. Joe's Parish uh, Social Center, AKA the old school, uh, the uh, diocese wants to tear it down so they won't um, allow the kitchen or the uh, dance hall to be used in that school. So for the last two years, they haven't been able to have the punchkey dance. They haven't been able to make punchkeys. Uh, they're not gonna be able to have their uh, St. Patrick's Day um, dance this year. So there's a group of um, St. Joe's people who are um, trying to appeal to the bishop to not tear down the building so that they can continue to make punch keys. Well, I would love for that of, to have happened this year so I could have had one of those punch keys. Mm -hmm. We've gone there and actually filmed them making them and it's just a treat. So mm -hmm. um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm sure everyone can tell that we are dying for a punch key right now. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's a hundred year tradition. Yeah, you, you know what else is a tradition this time of year? Potholes. Pot it is pothole season, right? Pothole mm -hmm. season. They come up uh, this time of year. It's always fun. Did you know that there's a number you can call? You can use MDOT's report a pothole form or call 888-296-4546 to report potholes on your state roads. Have you ever reported a pothole? No. Me neither. I mean, really, what good would it do? I don't know. Let's report <laughs> one and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's Michigan. We have potholes. Swerve around them if you can. They're unavoidable. And really, uh, over the next few weeks, as we see temperatures rise above freezing during the day, back uh, below freezing at night, that's what really creates the potholes, the freezing and thawing. So here it comes. Uh, also, you know what today is, the second uh, meeting between Michigan and Michigan State. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. It's at Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. The uh, first meeting was postponed, and Michigan State's still bitter about that because it wasn't until midnight the day before that uh, Michigan pulled out of the game because of COVID. 
So uh, revenge <laughs> is on the mind. That, seem, that <laughs> seems ridiculous. Um, it's a uh, it's a later game, an eight thirty start. So mm -hmm. tough for uh, tough for a lot of the dads to stay up and watch. But it should be a uh, should be a great game. You know Brandon, what happened tonight? Brandon is picking Michigan in the game a little what? bit. He's nervous. Just stay away from it. He's nervous. So well, you know, they had that big uh, win on uh, Saturday, and tonight. Tom Izzo, it's a, it's a <laughs> critical game for Tom Izzo wow. because yes. he could surpass Bobby Knight as the winningest Big Ten basketball coach of all time. And I'm sure uh, Michigan State fans would like nothing more than to see Tom do that against uh, rival Michigan. But In Ann Arbor. Yeah, as a... Uh, as a basketball fan, though, anyone who can surpass uh, Bob Knight is uh, is good in my book. So I'll be rooting for Tom, not tonight, but in his next game. Uh, even as a Michigan fan, Tom Izzo has been just great for the state of Michigan and uh, very so highly respected. He's been uh, at that job for 27 years. That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah, he, look, he still looks very young. And he's, I give him a lot of credit because he's had many, many overtures to leave and coach elsewhere, but um, he's there for life, I'm sure. Yeah, you, uh, you probably heard yesterday that my luggage didn't make it in time. Yeah, I heard about that. It was delivered yesterday uh -huh. by a stranger. Did it all arrive in uh, good shape? Well, I had to uh, sterilize my entire self and the bags before I could check. Um, it looks like they may have been rifled through. <laughs> but I do have uh, everything back, and I'm, I'm beginning the laundry portion of, uh, of that. But, yes, it's, it's uncomfortable when you uh, don't have your clothes or your golf clubs, and you have no idea where they are. So I'm glad to have that safe, safe and sound. So. And uh, before the show, you told me it was somewhat of a sketchy person that delivered your clothes. Well, it is, and uh, due to a potential pending lawsuit, I'd rather <laughs> not say anything else about that at this time. Do you have a clip? I have a clip, but it is inappropriate <laughs> to air on any television network other than probably FX. You can probably air it on FX. So Delta says they couldn't put your um, bags on the plane because the uh, machine that puts the bags on the plane is no, broken. No, no, there was some. I don't know. We'll call it the. We'll call them the compartments, the luggage compartments. There's two on on mm -hmm. the plane. Um, the latch was broke. Is, <laughs> is essentially what they said. The latch, some latch, so we can't take your bags. And everyone's already seated on the plane, so there's mm -hmm. nothing you can, can do. You do? Um, the guy behind me was a hunter and uh, had a f was telling us that he had a firearm in his bag, and he's like, they're going to find out eventually. Um, so, okay, great. But, yeah, no, I have, my, I have all my bags back, so I'm, uh, I'm feeling good. Tonight the uh, president will be addressing the nation and uh, both uh, houses of Congress in the State of the Union address. Is expected to talk about uh, the economy, global warming, and the situation, the war in Ukraine, which uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he could refer to uh, Putin as Hitler during this uh, speech, and I would probably nod my head to that. But it'll be interesting to see what the president actually says, because this is all anyone's talking about. Americans are pretty well versed now on what's going on in Russia, so I don't think that... Uh, Anyone's, anyone wants to hear anything but something very, very serious from the president about uh, Russia. We know that um, 
what's going on is absolutely insane over there. It's just uh, war. It's what? not just. I mean, we can't believe it. it it's um, it's amazing what's going on there. You see, the, you see pictures. You're seeing uh, news anchors are over there. Anderson Cooper, your friend, is in Kiev, uh, which is absolutely insane. Um, I believe there's a 40 mile long convoy of Russian troops headed there right now. Yeah, you know these CNN people. Um, you you got to give them some credit because they are doing a good job of covering the war, but they've got people um, in danger. It's part of the job of journalism, but someone like Anderson Cooper with two two small children, uh, newborn, um, what's he doing? I don't, he wanted to be there. I'm sure he wanted to be there, but yeah, it's it's absolutely nuts what's, uh, what's going on. So now the rest of the world's trying to squeeze uh, Russia financially and it, it is working to a, for a little bit. You know, what I, I'm curious is how all these Russian citizens are like, what do they think, right? You're, well, you're losing all your money. Yeah. You're, the value of, of the dollar you make is just falling and falling and falling. Interest rates have doubled. Um, huge, I, I, it's going to be a huge, huge, huge financial collapse in Russia. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Russian citizens, um, the brave ones, are protesting, but they risk arrest and a long jail sentences just for speaking out against the government. So. Yeah, um, of course, a lot of uh, companies have pulled out of their interests in Russia. Uh, Google and YouTube announced that they will no longer be sending ad revenue to uh, the Kremlin and official mm. government uh, pages. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely uh, ridiculous yeah. what's going on over there. Sad. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a lot of little things, you know, Disney says, uh, well, we won't uh, release Batman there. Uh, Twitter and Facebook say we're going to restrict access. But all of these things, are they going to be enough to have any I don't think uh, Putin cares. I don't think Putin cares, no, right? He, he, doesn't he doesn't care. care. So, um, you know, what is his mental state? Who knows? Who knows? So it's He's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that's a one word for him for sure. So, uh, the, you know, the the pandemic, the the president probably will address the pandemic as well. Yeah, it's a good time for him to address <laughs> the pandemic and take credit for everything, as we're at our uh, lowest number since last July, which is great news, obviously. Um, you know, hopefully heading out of this, which is which is very good news. Yeah, and masks. Um, the uh, various states that still have mask requirements are dropping them this week. And yesterday, the state of Michigan announced that uh, state workers no longer will have to wear masks starting Thursday. And I'm seeing it. It's just, yeah, oh, everybody, stopped, everybody stopped wearing their masks. Yeah, it's just kind of uh, going away. I think, you know, now that California, Oregon, and Washington governors have gotten together and uh, eliminated the mask mandates for schools, which was a really big deal out on the West Coast. So no masks in schools uh, beginning March 11th in those three states, and that affects 51 million children. A lot of people. Hey, let's get to some sports. It's playoff season. It's our Extreme Dodge Scoreboard, brought to you by our friends at Extreme Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Check out their great new oil change building. It's uh, one of the best around. Get you in, out, coffee, cookies, donuts while you wait. Maybe they have punchkeys today. I don't know. I bet. If I, you never know. I'll call uh, Brian Robinson and find out. I'll call him. So let's get to some basketball. Some girls basketball first. Northwest, they beat Jackson 70-32. to 
Mara Mitchell had 36 points, five assists. That's just one away from a school record. Congratulations to her. Ashley Weller had 20 points and seven rebounds for Northwest. They moved to 15 and six as Jackson is done for the year. In Division Three at Homer Concord, they nipped Hanover Horton 33 to 30 and uh, they will advance to the semifinal. Hanover Horton finishes the season five and 16. Game you were at last night, Bart, Michigan Center, they beat Lumen Christie 63 to 49. Surprisingly close game. Surprisingly close game. Yeah, Samantha Wynn had 22 and seven for the Cardinals and uh, they'll face East Jackson on Wednesday at Lumen Christie. Hey, there's uh, Emma Smiley, her younger sister Sarah's on my basketball team. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, I could not believe, I mean, they, they were, uh, they played pretty much even um, yeah. for the first. Yeah, they uh, battle, right? Yeah. They, they battle, they're not gonna go away. Um, Division four, it was a uh, forfeit. Battle Creek St. Phil, two, Jackson Christian. Long drive to Belleville. Zero. Bellevue. Belleville? Bellevue. Belle Belle Belleville's closer to the Detroit. Bellevue is not. Mm. Uh, on deck for today, March 1st, we have some games. Michigan Center at Addison, uh, Union I City. I think it's, isn't it Addison at Michigan it Center? It was, it's not. It keeps getting changed? Well, no, it's at, mm. so we have a new game for you tonight. JTV will be live from Jackson High as the Fowlerville, uh, whatever they are, come to town. So good luck to Jackson. Live tonight, 645 coverage starts from Jackson High, Fowlerville at Jackson Live on JTV. The Fowlerville what? I don't know what they are. I can't remember. They might be the Rams. Badger Cats, Rams, Pioneers. <laughs> I have no idea whatsoever. So this time of year, it is... Uh, Irish season and our Irish eyes are smiling because it's time for the Catholic Charities Box Lunch event. And each year the event helps raise money for programs which support the children, adults, and families who come to us for help each week for just $15. Your delicious lunch will include a top quality corned beef and Swiss, baked cookie, homemade coleslaw, potato chips, and pickle. With a limited number of lunches available, place your order early so you don't miss out. They'll be available for drive-through pickup on St. Patrick's Day, which is March 17th. Order online at catholiccharitiesjlhc.org or give them a call and order your box lunch. The deadline to order is today. Ooh. Today's show is being brought to you by Midwest Vehicle Group on Page Avenue in Michigan Center. If you're looking for a quality uh, used car or truck, Midwest Vehicle Group has you covered. They've got a great inventory, and they have a perfect uh, five-star rating on uh, Facebook for their incredible service, uh, attention to detail, quality, honesty. Uh, trust the, uh, the car guys at Midwest Vehicle Group, Page Avenue in Michigan Center, bringing you today's show. And who is on today's show, Andy? Today, coming up, we have Sheriff Gary Schutte and Under Sheriff Chris Simpson. They are next on The Morning Show. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together.
Welcome back to the morning show. Our first guests today are Sheriff Gary Schutte and Under Sheriff Chris Simpson. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing Great. outstanding. It's a beautiful how, day. How uh, how's the year gone so far for you guys? Ooh. Sheriff. It's been good. It's <laughs> yeah. been good so far. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking just January 1, it's been pretty uneventful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's good. So we're kind of heading into uh, the end of year two of the pandemic. How uh, how was uh, policing and, and public safety different during the, the pandemic for you guys? Well, it's been, there's been a lot of challenges, uh, specifically with, with dealing with people um, and keeping our deputies safe. Mm -hmm. One of the problems that we had was making sure that we were following the CDC mandates that were, that were imposed upon law enforcement uh, and keeping uh, a patrol force out there. Mm -hmm. um, it's been extraordinarily challenging, but in, in addition to that, what's really been hard has been corrections. Uh, because our jail capacity is, is right around 220 right now. Um, we can have or house up to 441. Uh, so we're way under capacity. We have an extraordinary amount of people that have been arrested, charged with crimes that have been released and are on tether. And that's created a lot of challenges. A lot of those folks have violated on a number of different occasions. We don't have the room for them. Mm -hmm. We can't put them anywhere. They go back out with, with additional restrictions. They violate again. And then ultimately we end up bringing them in and, and locking them up. But um, some of the folks that are out on some of the crimes that they're out for uh, are extraordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, things that I would not have expected anybody to get a bond on right. in my career. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing a rise in, in, uh, in crime, especially yeah. violent crime, because yeah. of those types of things. And obviously that's, uh, that's really that's a nationwide issue, Chris. Absolutely. And going back to your, your initial question about COVID, you know, when COVID, you know, first hit, you know, people were working from home. Mm -hmm. um, cops didn't have that luxury. Right. Cops are on the street yeah. um, and they're doing the job and, you know, putting them, themselves in harm way. Uh, their families as well, mm -hmm. but they took on the challenge. So, I mean, I, I'm so grateful that we have a law enforcement community um, that, you know, sticks to the, the true roots of law enforcement mm -hmm. and, you know, making sure that this community is safe, you know, from a criminal element. So, you know, my hat goes off um, to the, the men and women who wear the brown, the blue, mm -hmm. and the black uniform, and our correction division as well. So. Uh, we will maintain that. Yeah. Um, there, there's no doubt about it. Obviously, like the sheriff said, with some precautions put forth by the CDC guidelines, but we will always be there for our community. That's that's awesome to hear. We uh, we chatted, you know, over the last few years, how difficult it must be with folks wearing masks. I mean, let's just say what it is when people are. Uh, committing these crimes and now you've got these masks on it, it does make the job more difficult doesn't it sure it does yeah. absolutely yeah. it does people describe the uh, the perpetrator well he had a mask on <laughs> and uh, that's all I remember is a mask <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah it's also been uh, expensive uh, it's cost cost more to police during during COVID and to run a, a couple of jails yeah, and there's a, there's a multitude of reasons for that. Um, one of them is obviously when somebody is exposed to, uh, to COVID, they have to be quarantined. And if they can't work, we have to call in people on overtime. So that's created a lot of problems for us. Um, 
And then, of course, it's been really difficult to hire folks in law enforcement recently. Yeah. So when we when we came on, we had uh, we were allotted for 39 deputies, but we only had 28. And then within just a couple of months, we had a couple of retirements. We were down to 26. We picked up another guy. We were up to 27. Um, and so we were struggling. And then, of course, spring was coming and summer was coming. And we had uh, faster horses. We had the fair coming up. And we had fireworks. Uh, <laughs> they were doing different things. And the 4th of July's and the different things that were happening, even though the COVID was still out there, we were still having to cover right. all of these things with limited manpower. And it was really a challenge. Um, and very, very costly. Yes, very costly. You guys wanted to have a more diverse uh, department um, when, when you took over. That was one of your goals. Other departments want to have a more diverse department too. So the the, the uh, competition for talent is it that much harder? Yes, I think so. The competition for talent, um, and like the sheriff just stated, you know. You know, hiring was a, a problem. Um, you know, getting people to come in to do the job under the, what law enforcement, the scrutiny we're under right mm -hmm. now, the microscope, and, you know, drawing good talent well, has been a challenge. But, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, we don't step up to the plate and accept those challenges. And I think we have, and we brought some, some very good talent um, to our organization. Um, a, a new jail captain of, of an Anthony Stewart type of caliber, um, some other uh, corrections deputies that we brought in, uh, people of color as well. So I think we're off to a very good start. It doesn't mean we've won the race by any stretch, but we still have a way to go. And those challenges will, you know, we'll still keep after them. Let's, uh, let's talk about the, the jails a little bit. Um, in 2003, Channer Road was finished. Nothing's been done, I don't think, to the Wesley Street since uh, 2004. Now that's just an old, old building. What's, uh, are there any plans for that building? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, so, um, so what we've been, been doing is um, a study on, on the Wesley Street facility to make a determination as to whether or not we can, we can retrofit it for uh, a new jail, mm -hmm. um, or at least a new configuration of jails. So right now, the jail is based on a linear design, which was all the rage back in 1950, right? Today, uh, jails are based on what they call a pod design. So there's these little podular uh, uh, types of jails that are welded together inside of an, an, another structure. And that's how the facility is built. Mm -hmm. And it's built in, in, in kind of like a, a pie form. So everything can be seen by one uh, control center. And then uh, there's people out on the floor that can control things as well. Here we have, uh, we have a corrections deputy that's situated in our southwest corner and then there's a rectangular shape all the way around with cells that are uh, mm -hmm. uh, situated around it. And that 1950 design was the nuclear fallout era. So all the walls that are mm -hmm. built inside of that facility are 16 inches thick or 24 inches thick depending upon where you're at. So you can't run Wi-Fi through it, you can't run uh, uh, high-resolution cameras through it. All the uh, wires are, are yeah. strung through uh, the outside of the hallway. Can't chop your way out either. You well, can't. No, you, that's a good thing. Yeah, you you can't chop your way out. That's for sure. <laughs> no, um, it, it, it it's a really a, a good structure foundationally uh, from that standpoint. But the reality of it is, it just doesn't meet modern needs. Mm. Now, talking a little bit about the foundation, 
Um, there was an addition put on in 1978 as well, the West Side Edition, which includes the Sallyport area, a little bit of our administrative offices, and there's um, a day room on the second floor as well. That part of the building is actually separated from the rest of the building and is falling off from it. So at the top portion of it, it's about six inches away from the, the existing structure, and at the bottom, it's about an inch. Last year, it fell about a quarter of an inch, which, which is an extraordinary amount for that big of a facility to, to move. So I'm very concerned about that. Um, so that's one of the problems that we have with the facility as well. Now, also keep in mind that all of the plumbing in the facility is cast iron, uh -huh. and it's 70 years old, and it's rusting from the inside out. As a result, we have sewer leaks daily. Uh -huh. um, sometimes they burst. We've had them fall on, on the heads of some of our employees, uh, run into our booking area on three different occasions now. Uh -huh. um, we have a constant water leak in our back hallway that we can't fix, we can't get to the plumbing. Um, it's just been really a difficult thing. We're, we're spending somewhere in the neighborhood of $50,000 a year just on fixing those types mm. of leaks. Wow, you've had sewage fall on employees' heads. Yes. So is there a, a plan to either uh, fix or replace this? Uh... And, and before he says, and the sheriff talks about the plan in place, um, our county facilities, they do a fantastic job mm -hmm. at you know, ensuring that we're operational uh, from a Band-Aid standpoint though. You know, we'll fix this, but you know, more or less mm -hmm. on a short-term rather than a, a long-term basis. Therefore, this is the plan. So, what we've ultimately ended up doing is, is bringing in a couple of contractors. We brought in a couple of architects to take a look at it and just to give us a general idea on, on how we can move forward. And the general idea was that the Wesley Street facility was irreparable. In other words, it would, be so, it would cost so much to repair that facility that it might as well be demolished. Um, so we have the existing structure out on Channer Road, but Channer Road is built on a level one prison uh, platform. So it doesn't have the ability to house people the way that we house people for pretrial detention. Mm -hmm. So the idea was that we build an addition to Channer Road and we demolish the Wesley Street facility. Uh, that's kind of the tentative plan. What we've done is, is we've put a request for qualifications out to get an architect to actually come on board and make a, make a, a fair determination as to what we can do with the Wesley Street facility and how we can integrate the Channer Road facility as well to try and make everything work in a cost-effective manner. So we're in the process of doing that right now. I expect probably by mid-May, we'll have some really good concrete answers on how to proceed forward for a millage. So Jackson County residents, stay tuned. Um, you'll be hearing more about uh, the jail situation. I wanna uh, also compliment your uh, department. I was at your annual awards banquet uh, a few weeks ago. Incredible um, stories of bravery and uh, sacrifice uh, among the men and women of your department. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. It's it's pretty pretty amazing stories. I wish everybody could hear what uh, what goes on. It's, it's unbelievable. Thank you very much for that. Sorry, I, we really it. appreciate you coming. The uh, I think the deputy of the year was actually seventeen. Years old. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, it wasn't Larry Jacobson. Was it? No, no, <laughs> no. no. Larry, Larry does a fine job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we love Larry. Uh, yeah, he's great. Our, uh, our Sheriff Gary Schutte and uh, Under Sheriff Chris Simpson. 
Uh, stay tuned. We'll be talking about, I think there's some uh, milkshakes in our future. Oh. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. As you just heard from uh, our sheriff department, corrections are obviously in need and corrections are hiring. They're hiring in our area. Get dedicated, reach success. Immediate openings available. The MDOC is hiring right here in Jackson. Paid training, virtual options, great pay benefits, and signing bonuses available. Registered nurse signing bonus of $5,000 and mental health professionals and food service workers also hired, or also available to be hired. Learn more at governmentjobs.com slash careers. Our next guest is from Dollenbergers, and he's got some great St. Paddy's Day items. We have Corbin Swint. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Good. So you're, I think you're the youngest person we've had from Grand River Brewery Dollenbergers on the show. Yeah. I love it. I Definitely. love it. How old are you? I am 16 years old. Man. And at 16, you're a shift leader. That's awesome. How long, you, how long have you been at Dollenbergers? I think I've been at Dollenbergers seven months. Wow. Already a shift leader. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're excited about March at Dollenbergers. Why? So we're releasing our new patty shake and our new Reuben. Our Reuben is not your ordinary Reuben. It has a Russian dressing. It's like the Thousand Line dressing. It has a little bit of spice to it, a little kick to it. And then our patty shake is made up of Gary Deli white chocolate and Ooh. then Tarani mint syrup. Wow, that is, uh, you know, one thing about uh, Dollenbergers is, is the ingredients they use. It mm-hmm. just don't skimp. You hear that, Gary Deli? Mm-hmm. Wow. How many have you had already? Have you tried any? Yeah, I think I've had about five. <laughs> <laughs> now you brought uh, a bag with you today. Is there something in the bag for us? Oh, yeah. I brought you guys a couple patty shakes. Oh, uh, well, awesome. perfect. Here we go. How long will these be uh, available at Dollenberger? It's heavy. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's yeah. the end of March. Okay. Oh, how'd, you, how'd you keep them so cold? You like the place? Freshly made. I drove by there yesterday, I looked, or Sunday. Sunday was a really busy day. Mm-hmm, definitely. You know, my, my favorite thing in the world is a shake. It's the only sweet I like. How is that? What, what are you calling these? Uh, patty mm. shakes. Okay. Oh, these are good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah these oh, yeah. are good. Mmm. Mmm. Mine won't come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's keep going. Oh, those are legit. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. I'd like to have one of these with uh, one of the Ru- uh, one of the uh, Russians, mm-hmm. Russian burgers. Did you get it? Russian burgers. Did you get one of? Did you get? A I got some. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes a long time though. So uh, yeah, we've got some uh, some pictures. So tell us a little bit about uh, what all goes into this uh, this sandwich. So basically, all of our stuff is sourced from uh, our Manchester market down in Manchester. At our commissionary, uh, so we get the corned beef, and then our uh, sauerkraut, and then Swiss cheese on some bread, rye bread from the Manchester market as well. Yeah, it's great. You guys are able to bring in uh, fresh bread from the market. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Everything's local. Uh, you source everything. You have. I saw 
the, your beef, like it, it, it changes. Um, you use different farms mm -hmm. to supply yeah. your beef, but they're all local. Yeah, and even our uh, frying oil is local. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Is it um, challenging to to add uh, menu items because you guys you know you're known for being fast. You know mm -hmm. you're you've got you know people in line inside in the drive-through and you're able to deliver things fast. Does that add more complication to add a what looks to me like a complicated sandwich? No, it really isn't even hard at all. It <laughs> it takes like two and a half minutes to make the sandwich, <laughs> especially with the team that we have. We can get it out three minute stops. Talk about your team over there a little bit. You guys have uh, this, look, a good group. group if you, uh, oh, use yeah. a straw as a spoon. <laughs> See, and you know what I like about this? I don't this? like to do that. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a mint green. It's well, yeah, there's it. mint added, right? Yep, yep, that Tarani mint syrup. Yeah. No, no neon. Tarani mint yeah. syrup in there. Yeah, no food coloring or anything nope. weird like that. And mm. these are real milkshakes. You make them with real ice cream, real milk. Real so everything. Yeah. So, uh, Corbin, you're a 16-year-old. You've been in the workforce for a long time. We see a lot of kids out there that don't want to work. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what it's like uh, working at such a young age, making money, and uh, getting used to what it's what it's supposed to be like in the world. To me, it's opened up a lot of eyes for me, uh, seeing I work directly with some people up in our corporate office and a little bit of other restaurants like the Grand River Brewery. It's definitely a new, a new vision for me. Mm -hmm. It definitely opens up to like the real world. You're talking to people that come from Leslie, Horton, all over. They come to our restaurant, learning more about them and mm -hmm. just talking to them, having a good time. That's awesome. Where do you go to school? I go to school at JPEG. Nice. You know, it's um, a career. I think a lot of people are joining uh, the uh, Dallenberger uh, company. Yeah, it's a of, great, a great yeah. company to work for. Yeah. So, do you move around? Have you been at the different restaurants? Uh, just as of right now, just Jackson to come see. Okay. And you've got employees that are coming from far away. How about um, customers? Where are people, how far are people traveling to enjoy a Dollenburger? Uh, I think the farthest, so we had one guy that moved here from California. Uh, he really liked our burgers. And then we have uh, constant people coming from uh, Toledo. They didn't know we had a Dollenburger in Tecumseh. So I'm like, hey, why don't you go try our Tecumseh location? Oh, that's great. So they drove past the past Tecumseh. 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 <laughs> they didn't that's know we funny. had it down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, the first Dollenburgers was in Tecumseh. And right. We drove down there because we couldn't wait to try it. And mm -hmm. so we were really excited that we have one in Jackson. Yeah, just around the corner. Yeah. So what's your what's your favorite uh, menu item? Not on the specialty March menu. Um, I would say our uh, bacon deluxe, definitely. Yeah, can't can't go wrong with that. Nope. Especially like when like you got the hot burger on like that fresh cold lettuce, it just it's mm. perfect. Now it's always surprised me that you have a uh, bean burger um, and a chicken uh, bean burger. When you go to Dollar Burgers, who would write order a bean burger when there's the Dollar Burger? <laughs> Uh, some people that have uh, restrictions, whether it be uh, they can't have beef or... Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. And then we also have our gluten-free buns and lettuce wraps for people that can't have gluten. That's mm. great that you guys offer that. It's awesome. Something for everybody. Awesome. Well, make sure you try the... Uh, what is it called? It's our uh, patty shake. The <laughs> patty shake. St. Patty's Day. Patty shake. <laughs> there you go. All right. It's awesome. And I can't wait to try the uh, new sandwich as well. Thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Good to see you. Shift leader at Dollenbergers in downtown Jackson, Corbin Swint. Stay tuned. More of the morning show after this.
Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Our next guest is our good friend from the city of Jackson, Antonio Parker. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good. You look tired. Were you just at Disney World? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just, I'm, I'm trying to recover. <laughs> uh, that's a recover uh, emotionally and financially. Oh, for sure. I'm thinking about taking, picking up a second job. <laughs> so uh, how, how are things going? I'm, I constantly see you've got activity going on at the things center. Things are going great at the center. Uh, we're starting to slowly come out of the turn of COVID here. And uh, so things are picking up quite a bit here at the center. And so we've got several programs coming up on the docket. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about those here. But we got, we, we're doing great at the center okay. right now. Yeah, you do um, quite a bit of collaboration. Looking back during COVID, all the things you did with yeah. um, the, the hospital, uh, mm -hmm. Grow Jackson, um, schools, and now you've got some programs you're yes. going to yep. team so, up with some others. Yep. So finally being able to kind of get back to the recreation side of the center. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've collaborated with uh, the Jackson School of the Arts, and so we're doing dance classes on Mondays. Uh, and then we added an art uh, that's on Monday, it's once a month on Mondays. And then we've also partnered with um, we're going to partner with Venture with Symphony Orchestra doing some things down the line, but we also got some partnerships with um, some other things going on too. And these are uh, these are free classes. Yes, these, these are free classes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. The amount of uh, programs you offer again at no cost to the community mm -hmm. is amazing. Um, this is something that I am interested in watching, but not participating in. I, I know you've been playing. No, yes, I've been playing. And so uh, we used to do 30 and over basketball a long time ago in John, when John was the director. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it kind of just fizzled out. That group kind of just fizzled away. And now we got, a, we got a new crop of 30 and over guys, and I'm one of those guys. And so the last few weeks here, we've revved up uh, some 30 and over basketball. And we had some guys down there last night that I haven't seen in a long time play basketball. So it's funny to watch. And then on uh, Thursdays, we actually opened up women's basketball. Nice. And so we had our first group of women come in last Thursday and play some three on three. And I think they're trying to get geared up for the Gus Macker. And oh, so yeah. they, they're trying to get prepared early. <laughs> what about you? Are you getting geared up for the Gus Macker? Ah, it's going to take a lot to get me out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually played in Gus Macker yourself in high school. Did you ever go down and yeah, play? Yeah, There are some. Um, Former college players that play at the King Center. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty intense competition. Oh, it, it, it gets yeah. it gets it gets pretty intense. The thirty and over crowd is kind of just leisure and kind of yeah. just want to get some cardio in. But you got the eighteen and over crowd. You know, they, they still it, think there's a scholarship. Oh, available. They, they, they're pretty intense. And so thirty year olds <laughs> is like, hey, I don't want to chase those dudes around. I rather I rather run out with those guys. But you know? it's uh, just a great opportunity, to, like you said, get active. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, scouts. For sure. scouts. Come down, hang out. You never know. You never know. <laughs> we also are doing volleyball also on uh, Thursday nights. And so uh, I do open volleyball on Thursday nights. So it's, it's, we're kind of revving back up and we're getting back, to, getting back to the basics and getting back to normal. And Tony, you guys are also uh, starting a new empowerment program called Creating Sparks. What yep. is, uh, this is an empowerment program for girls yes. age 12 to 17. What will yes. this be? So it's headed up by Latrivia Gwen, uh, former King Center employee, former city employee. Uh, she's now got her, uh, she's a nurse practitioner. And so she's a licensed, she's licensed to t take care of that area. 
And so I, at the King Center, I've always felt like our young girls hadn't had the resources to have somewhere to talk and have somewhere to, to, to be with somebody to feel like they can get empowered and do mm-hmm. other things. And so we actually kind of somewhat started a few weeks ago and we're slowly getting the ball rolling. And so we went to middle school of Parkside uh, about two weeks ago and we got recruited some girls out. We're going to head up to the high school here soon and then get some girls from the high school. And it's just a space for girls to come talk and they have journals to write in mm-hmm. and they talk about their goals, the things that they're going through. And then other women in the community eventually are going to come into and kind of work with the work with those, those girls also. That's a great idea. Uh, the Walton Insurance Group recently highlighted the Martin Luther King Jr. Center in their Good Things Going series. Yes. It's pretty cool, shining the spotlight and then your center and all that you're doing. Yeah. Really great. Stu uh, Callie did a great job. And so we worked together quite a bit on that project and that was a great experience. And so they did a great job highlighting the things that happened at the center. We actually have uh, a clip, a, a piece cool. of that uh, video. Let's take a look. It's a pillar of the community. I don't want, and different things have changed throughout my my life on the south side of Jackson. And I'm glad that the King Center has always been here. And I just don't want that to go away. This is probably one of the biggest things on the south side of Jackson. You know, we need this. I just want people to know that we need this, that it's helped a lot and it's necessary. Looking at individuals like Tone, individuals like myself, we are products of the King Center, individuals like John Willis Jr. and Kyrie Willis. And, you know, just the impact that he's had, uh, John Willis had on all the kids who used to come down here. Um, individuals like Shayla Hunt, who grew up around here and then ended up working here, mentoring kids for a very long time. It's the people, I think it's the history around it. Um, the people who live in this community um, know how important the King Center is. You know, it's more than just letting kids in to come and play basketball, but really finding out how they're doing um, and truly wanting to understand and know how they're doing as a person uh, is what helps them grow. I've been coming to the King Center since I was a pup, and there's no way I could ever say I, who I am without the King Center. And so the King Center kind of makes you who you are, and it, and it creates this person in you where it, it, it forms these stripes, so to speak, of like character and perseverance and, and integrity and honesty because you meet so many different people and you do so many different things. I want to make sure that kids know that they have somebody there for them. I want to make sure kids know that this is a space to come where it's safe, where they can have fun, play basketball, but learn life lessons too. And so not just, it's easy just to roll out basketballs, it's a whole, but it's a whole lot better when you create relationships and now that kid knows you just don't care about me coming down and play basketball, you care about me, the person. I think it's just amazing. It's amazing what uh, some of those relationships that are made at those young ages can do. You know, I think of like, you know, you and I playing sports against Mm -hmm. each other when we were kids, you know, you you have that relationship later in life because you played against each other. And it's just, um, it's important, I think. Yeah, very important. And it carries, still see kids today. I've been at the center for a very long time. And you still see kids today that you impacted 10, 15 years ago that still have that respect and that love for you. But those are the same ones, that those are the same kids, like in our summer program, that we try to get to work for us. Absolutely. And we kind of keep that generational thing going. And so those relationships are, are, are extremely important, especially in the community. And I, I go visit the schools once a week. I try to go around to particularly Jackson High because I have a bias because I coach high school football. Mm-hmm. But I go to Jackson High and Parkside quite a bit and just kind of reaching out to kids and just talking to them because those are the kids that are going to come to me. 
and to, for the most part. And then, so I'm working towards getting to, into the elementary schools and, and working with those kids also. Who's that little girl uh, doing the ballet in that video? One of those little girls is my daughter, Shari. Mm -hmm. And so she's five years old, and she was the reason why I went to Disney. And so <laughs> she's five going on 40. <laughs> you can see the whole video on Good Things Going on Facebook. And I think that was Stu's um, best video. I love that one. Yeah. It's very good. Awesome job, Stu. Thanks for sharing it with us. Uh, the place looks great uh, with the renovations and uh, yes. new equipment and I know the um, the kitchen that you're very excited about that but then COVID uh, really eliminated your ability to, to for use sure it. for sure so we've got uh, we're working with uh, my place Jackson and so eventually we're going to do some collaborations with them and they're going to bring in their girls for and we might we're thinking about doing a social enterprise with them and they can help use the kitchen and so we're kind of in the birthing stages of that and so um, I'm looking forward to that partnership, but many, many partnerships are coming way down the pipe here, especially in the fall. So I think the fall of 2022, I think we're going to be back to cooking with full grease there. And so we're going to be a lot of collaborations, orthopedic we have, we're going to do some stuff with them eventually. And so we got some collaborations coming up and then look for summer baseball back mm -hmm. at the King Center again. This year is going to be I'm planning on being a full league this year. Awesome. Can't and wait. so we're probably going to have games on Saturday mornings and uh, we're going to have practices during the week. We won't run it exactly when Little League runs. We're gonna run it like you know late May sure. and play June and July. But we're gonna we're gonna roll out a, a full baseball league and, and, and make it roll. And if anyone has any questions, you actually pick up the phone yourself, don't you? I do. They can <laughs> directly talk to me, and I can answer them. Awesome, <laughs> Antonio. Thanks for all uh, you're doing for the community. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. I love coming here. I love having a good time. Awesome, Antonio Parker, City of Jackson and the King Center. We'll be right back to wrap up the show after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show. We're talking about uh, potholes earlier. I don't know what caused this tractor trailer to have some trouble in Massachusetts, but it actually uh, just drove off a bridge. Oh my God. Uh, the video posted by Good the, Lord. Uh, Michigan, or the Massachusetts State Police Association. It just drove off the edge of a bridge and it was a truck filled with US mail. You're kidding me. No, and the driver was not injured. It's always mail. Yes. But they've said they're going to recover the mail and everybody's going to get their mail. It'll From the water? Wet. It'll be wet, but you'll oh, get your mail. Man. Imagine, you, know, you see these uh, FedEx and UPS mail trucks, you know, they catch on fire and stuff. What happens mm -hmm. to all that mail? It's gone. It's gone. I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have experience with that yet, although I probably will. The uh, color of this patty shake from Dawn Burgers, green, mint green, reminds me of this dog I just saw. Uh, in the news, a green dog was born in Nova Scotia. That's a uh, guinea pig. Uh, it's true. No, three-year-old bulldog gave birth to a litter of eight puppies. The last puppy came out green, and they're looking for a name to uh, name this puppy. Uh, suggestions include wasabi, uh, pistachio, um, you know, things like that. But apparently um, something Look happened. at its nails are painted green. This is a crime. No, it's real. It was, it was like some bile of the liver or whatever leaked into the um, 
amniotic fluid and turned the dog green. There's no way that's possible. It's true, true story. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not buying it. You never know what you'll there find. There was some type of uh, cross breeding. No, these are people that, honest people in Nova Scotia, Trevor and Audra Mosier of Middle Sackville. Um, mm -hmm. Middle here's Sackville. Something, uh, so they yeah. were surprised to find a green dog in the litter. Here's somebody um, from New Jersey. Michael Spressler was at his favorite restaurant, the Lobster House in Cape May. Oh, I love nice that place. place. He bit into some clams <laughs> and he um, cracked a molar. Uh, was that a pearl? It's a pearl, perfectly round white pearl. Uh, the cost of the uh, meal might be covered by this pearl. It could be worth as much as $100,000. Really? Yes. A what? Isn't that amazing? Pearl? Yeah. Perfectly round white pearl in his clams. Unbelievable. Uh, the, uh, the Lobster House uh, reports um, uh, influx in business. <laughs> oh, I bet so. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, I didn't realize that. Wow, wow. how about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, who's coming up uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow we have John Waldron. We're gonna be talking about the Jackson High Ambassador Auction, which is coming up. We'll have Jeff Todd from the craft agency and Sue Kelly and Ann Blissick for the Polish Falcons fish fry. That's exciting. Later today, Tax Talk with Kyle Ledig from Willis and Jurisec, Dr. Greg Gaffney Papos from St. Joseph Mercy, Sherry Johnson, Jean McKim, and Dylan Sote from St. Hill Crane Vineyards. Later today, we'll see you then.